0: Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc.
1: Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision in action. He came from Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how the body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath, in obedience to the commandment. It's Friday.
0: Jesus is praying. Peter's asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross. Healing forsaken by his father. Left alone and dying. can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered, and Satan's just a-laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming.
1: Amen. It's Sunday. Amen. Amen. I wanted to say this before we launch in. We've talked the past couple of weeks about the offering that we were going to give for Silent and Francis, the gentleman from Africa, the gentleman from India, to purchase cows for the, for the orphans and sewing machines for the women coming out of uh, temple prostitution in India. So we took an offering two weeks ago, and we, we, just, we didn't do a big push for it. We just mentioned it the day of, and we were able to give $750, which was enough to purchase a cow and a few sewing machines. So last week, We said, hey, we're going to do it again. If you missed it, would you please, you know, if you feel so much to give, let's go ahead and do that. In total, we were able to give $2,300. So we're able to purchase three cows and ten sewing machines. So praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, thank you that you are the risen Savior. Jesus, thank you that you have filled our hearts with your Holy Spirit and you've provoked within us a generosity that is able to provide for orphans and women in faraway places whom we will never meet on this earth. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege it is to celebrate in caring and loving for people that you've placed in our lives and around us. And Jesus, this morning, we want to celebrate your resurrection, that you are no longer in the grave. Lord, that you're not some fairy tale in a distant land and many years ago, but you are the living Savior today. And so, Jesus, we celebrate, we give thanks, our hearts are provoked, we worship you as the risen Savior. In your name we pray. Amen. The call to worship had just been pronounced Starting Easter Sunday morning service in an East Texas church. The choir started its processional singing Up from the Grave He Rose. And as they marched in perfect step down the center aisle to the front of the church, the last lady was wearing shoes with very slender heels. Without a thought for her fancy heels, she marched toward the grating that covered the hot air register in the middle of the aisle. Suddenly, The heel of one of her shoes sank into the hole in the register grate. In a flash, she realized her predicament. Not wishing to hold up the whole processional, without missing a step, she slipped her foot out of her shoe and continued marching down the aisle. There wasn't a hitch. The processional moved with clock-like precision. The first man after her spotted the situation, and without losing a step, he reached down and pulled up her shoe. But... The entire grate came with it. Surprised, but still singing, the man kept on going down the aisle, holding in his hand the grate with his shoe attached. Everything still moved like clockwork, still in tune and still in step. The next man in line stepped into the open register and disappeared from the sight. The service took on a special meaning for that Sunday, for just as the choir ended with Hallelujah, Christ arose... A voice was heard under the church shouting, I hope you all are out of the way, because I'm coming out now. <laughs> the little girl closest to the aisle shouted, Come on, Jesus, we'll stay out of your way. <laughs> Jesus Christ is our living hope. If you want to turn with me over to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And this is what the Apostle Peter writes. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. How has he done this? How has he given us a living hope? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is how God has given to us a living hope, the hope of the resurrection. We asked our children this week, why do we celebrate Easter? What's the significance of Easter? And the first one says, it's because we get Easter eggs. Now, that's a bit humorous, but if you were to look at Easter just from a cultural perspective, why do we celebrate Easter? If you were to look at the commercials, the advertisements, what people do around Easter time, you would assume that we celebrate Easter because we get Easter eggs, because we get together as a family and have a meal together. It's really, it's amazing how we've taken this, the most, one of the most precious truths of our Christian faith, and we've made it to be about Easter bunnies and eggs with chocolate. I mean, it's unbelievable how we've completely twisted this thing away. But the Apostle Peter in this passage brings us back to the reality of why this is so vital for us as believers, because Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. He brings us back to the bedrock reality of our faith. It isn't about Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and chocolate, as nice as chocolate is and all that fun stuff with kids. He gets back to the reality of what this is. See, one night a, a Pharisee came to talk to Jesus Christ. And Nicodemus is having this discussion with Jesus. And he's looking at Jesus and he's seen the things that Jesus has done. The miracles, the the way he's taught, the way Jesus has been interacting with people. And it really stirred something in Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus goes to Jesus one night and says, hey, what's this whole thing about? I mean, I've seen the things you've done. I've heard the things you've taught. But in the end, what is this whole thing all about? And for Jesus, he simply says this, no one can see the kingdom of God unless You've been born again. Now, for Nicodemus, that completely deconstructs everything he's built his life upon. Because for Nicodemus, it was about rules and about doing good things in order to earn, earn your salvation or earn favor with God. He's saying, look, for Nicodemus, it was about following the rules. Man, I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm giving to the poor. I'm, I'm helping people out when I can and that, for me, is what's going to get me approval with God. And Jesus completely tears down everything that Nicodemus has built his life around. He says, look, no, 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 no. So you don't understand. That's not it. What's it is this, that you need to be born again. Look, that's what, that what's, that's what brings you into the kingdom. It's not about rules, regulations, following through with all these things that you, good things that you should be doing, that's not what brings you into the kingdom. It's a new birth. It's a new life. You say, look, I didn't come to just make your old life better. I've come that you may have new life, new resurrected life. That's what Jesus Christ has come to do. And at the cross of Jesus Christ, our sins are dealt with. Man, I love the songs we sang this morning. It brings us back to Jesus Christ over and over and over again. Our sins are dealt with at the cross. Jesus took our our place on that cross, and our sins are dealt with past, present, and future. And now Peter, in this section, is connecting our new birth with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, not only are are our sins dealt with at the cross, but we're given resurrected life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is where our hope is at. Later on in the conversation Jesus is having with Nicodemus, he continues to ask questions, well, how does this thing work? Do I have to go back and be born again? I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Jesus simply says this, that everyone who believes in him will have a new birth, will have eternal life. Everyone who believes in Jesus It's that simple. As complicated as Nicodemus wanted to make it, as difficult as as the Pharisees and the people wanted to make it, Jesus completely breaks everything down and says, look, it's about believing in Jesus Christ, believing in what he said and who he is, his death was sufficient, his resurrection is true, and we don't worship a dead God, but one who's alive today, simply believing in Jesus Christ, It's an amazing promise. See, we complicate things today, don't we? We make Christianity about doing all these things. We've got to be at church. We've got to help serve in the children's ministry. Those things are great things. Believe me, serving children's ministry, that's a good thing, okay? It's a great thing. But that doesn't give you new birth, what Jesus Christ was talking about. It doesn't bring you into relationship with him. It's trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins that gives you the new birth and the new life with Jesus Christ. And that's the very thing that Jesus Christ is talking to Nicodemus about that night. It says, apart from new birth, you can't see the kingdom of God. It's only through Jesus Christ and his new birth. See, the problem for us is this. Same thing with Nicodemus. That apart from Jesus Christ, Apart from his salvation, we are dead in our sins. We're dead in our trespasses, dead in our transgressions. There's no hope or no life apart from him. That's why we have to be reborn again into God's kingdom. If there was another way for us to receive this new birth, then Jesus would have said, hey, look, there's a couple of ways to get there. But Jesus Christ didn't say that. He said, look, there's only one way. You've got to be born again. Because of your death, because you've died in your sins and are apart from God, The only way into this new life, into this kingdom that I'm talking about is through new birth in Jesus Christ. See, for believers, the bondage of sin and death has been broken by Jesus Christ. It has no claim on us. We're dead to sin. Sin has been dealt with at the cross, been utterly defeated. And many people in this church would testify to that. One time we were enslaved to alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, to greed, to pride, to selfishness, but Jesus Christ has set us free. Jesus Christ has given us resurrection life. I want to read for us out of Ephesians chapter 1. If you want to turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 1. This is the Apostle Paul talking about this new life that we have in Jesus Christ, It's Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 through 20. He says this. I pray. Well, this is Paul's prayer. This is Paul's prayer for the believers. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Jesus Christ has called you. Jesus Christ has put a hope in you. He's called you to the riches of of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. There's this incomparable great power that Jesus Christ has put within each, inside of each believer. The day that they come alive in him, he has deposited within us his Holy Spirit that we would live to him and have the power to obey him and walk in his ways and please and honor him in freedom. He says... That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power that that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now alive in in his family and his people. This is what God has done in us. When we come to Jesus Christ and trust him for our salvation, he deposits within us the Holy Spirit to walk and follow after him in a way that we never could in the past. This is the resurrected life of Jesus Christ that he's given us His Holy Spirit. He's brought us into relationship with himself. It's not some kind of weak hope that we have. It's a living hope that Jesus Christ is alive. Romans 6, 4, and 11 read this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory glory of the Father, we too may have new life. That we too may have new life. This is the amazing part of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That he offers to us resurrected life without having to do any amount of work or earning it or merit or anything else, he offers to us resurrection life in relationship with him simply by believing and trusting in him. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. That that same resurrection power that filled Jesus Christ and, and raised him from the dead, he's now given to us, his believers. I want this to be an invitation for us. This to be an invitation for us to draw near to the Lord. That no matter where we've gone or what we've done or what we've seen or taken part in, that Jesus Christ offers to each one of us resurrection life and relationship with him. That that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead would live inside of us That he would give us his Holy Spirit to follow after him with all of our lives. This is the gift of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of our sins and resurrection life with him. This is an invitation to trust in Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, today can be a a day Of new beginnings. Today can be a day of resurrection life in Jesus Christ. This doesn't have to be something that you have to wait to do and you get older, or wait to do until your life straightened out, or wait to do until finally you've beaten all the addictions yourself, or at least you've tried. This is a moment in time that God says, I'm offering to each one of us resurrection life. But there's also a moment for us as if you are a believer that we would offer to God all of our life, that there would be no pockets in our lives that we've kept God away from or we've tried to keep God out of, that no matter what we've done or where we've been or the things that we've taken part in, God would invade those spaces in our lives and bring resurrection life to us. This is what Jesus Christ has, has won for us in his victory over death and his victory over sin, and his victory over Satan. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that you and I can live life to the fullest in Jesus Christ, our victor. We're going to continue on this morning, and we're going to continue on reading about his his resurrection, singing about his resurrection. I invite you, whatever area in your life that you need to surrender to him. Let this morning be the morning where we experience resurrection life in Jesus Christ. Amen? Lord Jesus, thank you this morning for the gift of resurrection life. Thank you, Jesus, for the new hope that we have in you. Lord Jesus, we don't have a a, a distant hope, a faint hope, a, a dying hope We have a living hope because, Jesus, you are the living Savior. So, Jesus, today, we surrender our lives to you. Jesus, we trust you and believe, Lord, that your work on the cross was enough for my sins and that your resurrection from the dead guarantees and secures my life with you forever. So, Jesus, we give you our all. We give you our everything. Lord Jesus, you are the risen Savior. Amen.